Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready for some scalding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. We'll be joined here in a little bit by our good friend Ashley Holder. Um, she's going to kind of break it down, everything that we need to know from a Buffalo Bills perspective. A lot of intrigue this week, not just because they're one of the Super Bowl favorites, but because there's a lot of question marks going into this weekend regarding Josh Allen and his elbow. It would be kind of par for the course for the Vikings if Josh Allen didn't play, considering they have basically played every backup quarterback under the sun this year on their way to this 7-1 start. Um, regardless, this is going to be a matchup that I think tests the Vikings. If it's with Josh Allen at the helm for the Buffalo Bills, obviously that'll be a bigger test. If it's with Case Keenum, everyone remember him? Minneapolis Miracle. Stephon Diggs is in Buffalo too. If it's with Case Keenum at the helm, I still think the Vikings will be tested in a, in a way they really haven't this season. That Buffalo Bills defense is really, really good. And then the offense is nothing to kind of scoff at, even if Josh Allen isn't leading the way. Um, Stefan Diggs might be the best receiver in the league. I know Vikings fans will say Justin Jefferson. I know some people in Las Vegas might say Devontae Adams. I know LA fans will probably say Cooper Cup, but the Stefan Diggs is nasty. He he he's so good at everything. Um, and, and I think that'll be a good test for the Vikings. So we will talk to our friend Ashley Holder coming up next segment um about kind of everything from a Bill's perspective. Wanted to kind of dial it back real quick to the week that was for the Vikings. Um, Anyone who's listening to this podcast and has listened to this podcast knows I broke down the Vikings win this past weekend over the Commanders. Gave them a ton of credit for what they were able to do under tough circumstances. Um, I thought it was their best win of the season, honestly. Um, Washington was playing well. The circumstances weren't necessarily going the Vikings way with a couple of weird wonky plays in there, Um, but they found a way and Kirk Cousins found a way. And after Kirk Cousins found a way, after he led a, you like that chant in the locker room, this is old news by now, but we're recording on a Thursday afternoon. Um, So anyone who is anyone and has been on the internet in the past few days, knows that a viral video of Kirk Cousins surfaced of him wearing maybe a hundred grand worth of chains around his neck when, when on the team charter home, took his shirt off, was doing some dance moves. Uh, looked like the team was having a really good time with it. Um, and, and, and this keeps going back to what I have said about Kirk Cousins pretty much all year, that he feels like a different guy this year, that in the past under coach Mike Zimmer, 
It felt like he was always looking over his shoulder. It felt like he couldn't necessarily be himself. It felt like he knew if he made a mistake at any point in time, whether it was an ill-advised interception or a sack that turns into a fumble, whatever it may be, I think Kirk Cousins felt that if he were to make that mistake, he would have no sort of, uh, Mike Zimmer would have no sort of empathy towards that, that experience that Kirk Cousins was feeling in that very moment in time. And I say all that because that's how Kirk Cousins played the quarterback position. And that's how he acted when he wasn't on the field. Um, Everything was very guarded. Everything was buttoned up. Everything was almost robotic in a way to not make mistakes, to not bring attention to himself, to almost fly under the radar as much as a unprecedentedly paid quarterback can fly under the radar. You juxtapose that Kirk Cousins, the one who was not the most accountable, almost defensive after games, unwilling to take shots down the field, whether it was Stephon Diggs as his number one, Adam Thielen as his number one, or Justin Jefferson as his number one. You juxtapose that Kirk Cousins with the Kirk Cousins we saw on Sunday, the one who is willing to throw that 50-50 ball to Justin Jefferson on the field, but then takes his shirt off, wears the chains off the field, and really just kind of leans into this dorky persona that he is, isn't trying to be someone he's not. I think that's a huge reason the Vikings have been so successful this season. I've said that before on this podcast, and I'll continue to say it time and time again. Kirk Cousins is is the biggest reason the Vikings are 7-1 at this point. There's no denying that. He has four game-winning drives under his belt. Everyone remembers he went back-to-back-to-back with game-winning drives against the Detroit Lions, the Saints in London, and the Chicago Bears probably shouldn't have been in a position where he needed to lead those game winning drives, but he did. And he led another one uh, in Washington the other day against his former team against, you know, in, in a hostile environment that was mocking the, you like that chant throughout the afternoon. Her cousins rose to the occasion. And then he rose to the occasion again with his teammates. And I think all of this matters. I think the fun of the team matters. Back when me and Jace used to do this, we, and we, would, we would talk about the smiles per game that, that Kevin O'Connell has going on within the Vikings locker room. And I think you're starting to see that for, with Kirk Cousins leading that charge. Um, the Kirk Cousins 180 has been so unlike anything I've ever seen. This is a guy who I think came across as very, very unlikable to the masses, right? Like there was always he, – he's a polarizing guy. So there was always – people that loved Kirk Cousins, and there was people that did not like Kirk Cousins. But I think for the masses, he was unlikable in the sense that, like, he was just kind of boring. I don't think anyone, like, loathed who Kirk Cousins was as a person. I just don't think he was a likable guy. I don't think it was something where people gravitated towards who he was on the field with how he played the position or who he was off the field with how he handled himself. So I think that... Compared to this season, he's he's become so likable. Like, he was on the Pat McAfee show talking about how he's always been this jacked guy and how in, in college he, he really had a beach bod and he had to almost dial back on the weights because, because he was too slow, because he was too strong. He, he went on the Manning cast and he talked, you know, at length about you know, the chain-wearing tradition that has become the Vikings post-game celebration on the plane. And, and Kirk Cousins told Peyton and Eli, 
I'm worried what's going to happen if we keep winning because I've already taken my shirt off. Like, what else can I do? Uh, these are all things that Kirk Cousins is doing in real time. And I think it's super interesting to see kind of him lean into that. But I think it's also super interesting to see how he's being perceived nationally because of how he's leaning into that. Um, I wrote a column in the Pioneer Press this week. And I believe it. I don't look. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the MVP. I, I don't. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. I think anyone who wants to say Jalen Hurts is the MVP, like I'm not going to argue there. He has the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated, obviously playing the best football in the, in the NFC by by quite a wide margin. Kirk Cousins is 40 to one to win the MVP according to DraftKings Sportsbook. And and my purpose of writing that column was just. He deserves to be in the conversation, right? You know how they do the Heisman ceremony in, in college football? Like it's three or four big names. And every so often, like a, a mid-major school will have a guy who had a great year and he'll get invited to the ceremony. He's not going to win the Heisman, but he'll get invited to the ceremony. Kirk Cousins deserves to be invited to the ceremony. Look, he's not going to win the MVP. I think a lot would need to happen within the Vikings internally, he would need to string together, obviously some huge marquee wins, signature wins. Um, they probably can only afford to lose maybe one or two games the rest of the way. If Kirk cousins actually wants to have a chance of winning the MVP, he's not going to do that. If it, he would also need Jalen hurts to drop off Patrick Mahomes to drop off uh, Josh Allen, who we're going to be seeing this weekend to drop off um, even Tua Tagovailoa, like, he he'll have to drop off if Kirk Cousins wants to ascend to like actual legitimate contender. So I wrote that 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 column in the Pioneer Press just to say like it's time we talk about this because he has been a huge reason, the biggest reason that the Vikings are seven and one right now. And I think all of it is all of it matters. All of all the pieces matter because how he's playing on the field, how he's acting off the field. That's like a perfect marriage to success for the Vikings as a whole. So I, I'm excited to see what the Vikings have in store this weekend. Um, like I said, they're going to be tested in a way they haven't offensively, certainly because the, the, the Bills defense is so good. They're going to be tested in a way they haven't defensively regardless of who's at the helm, because the Bills are so dynamic up and down the field. But but more than anything else, I'm, I'm just curious to see how Kirk Cousins plays this week. Uh, because say he comes out and has a huge game. Like, let's go down this hypothetical for, for two seconds. Say Josh Allen plays. Say he battles through this elbow injury. He's not 100%. And he plays like he's not 100%, but he plays. He's not on his A game he leaves the door open for the Vikings because he's not feeling totally up to himself. Say Kirk cousins kind of takes that opportunity runs with it leads his best game of the year. And they beat the Buffalo bills in Buffalo. Then I think we can start talking. Like I think that my column that I wrote in the pioneer press will become some rhetoric that starts to kind of spread nationally because I think he Kirk cousins needs a signature win. I think this is an opportunity to get that. I don't know if he will like a lot needs to happen in the meantime for that to obviously transpire. But if he does win this game, I think we're going to start to hear more and more 
chatter of, of wait, how how good is Kirk Cousins? Does does he do we deserve to be ta- do we need to be talking about him more? Aside from that, like if if the, they're playing on the road, obviously the Vikings are playing in Buffalo. If they win that game at noon on Sunday, noon Central, so say the game's over three thirty. They're on the team charted by 4.30. What the heck is going to go on on that plane? Like like Kirk Cousins said on the Manning cast, like there's not much more he can do. It started with one chain. Christian Darisaw put, put his chain on Kirk Cousins' neck on the way home from London. Then there was a couple more added the next week, a couple more added the next week, and then obviously the, the shirtless pick with him dancing with like I said, well over a hundred thousand dollars worth of chains around his neck. Like, where else can the Vikings go from here? I don't know. I want. I want to see because that's just as interesting to me as honestly that the fact that they're they're seven and one. Um, like we've talked about before, they're going to run away with the NFC North. It's just a matter of like expectations now. How high can they get? Um, we're going to learn a lot this weekend about the Vikings, about Kirk Cousins about pretty much how this rest of the season should be viewed through a kind of 30,000 foot view. Um, We're going to get more into that when we come back with our friend, Ashley, she's going to talk to us kind of about everything that kind of has to go down with the bills this weekend, um, where they stand injury wise, you know, what the relationship is like with Stefan Diggs coming, you know, playing his old team, Dalvin Cook and his little brother James Cooks. James Cooks on the Bills. There's a lot of connections um, here and there. So she'll join us next to kind of break down all of that. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dame Mizutani. We're joined now by our good friend Ashley Holder. She covered the Vi- or she she didn't cover the Vikings. She covered the Bills for you know a while in, in Buffalo. She's living in Charlotte now. Ashley, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing good. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, good, it's a good week 10 matchup. Yeah. So that's, that's what it, I mean. Obviously that's what we're going to talk about. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is a matchup. A lot of Vikings fans have been looking forward to because deep down, like that seven and one record, I think a lot of Vikings fans are like, are we actually good? Like, we don't know. Um, right. The bills are good. I know they just lost to the jets, but that's a plucky jets team over there. So I think Vikings fans are excited to kind of, see how they stack up against the best of the best and on the road absolutely so kind of just kind of big picture takeaways here like what are the vikings in store for this weekend like we 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 know josh allen we know stefan diggs obviously quite well but like what are we what are we messing with this weekend um when when the vikings head over to buffalo well i think you have to look at the very first big picture of this, right? We don't know where Josh Allen is going to be this weekend. That is the number one thing, because if you have Case Keenum starting, we're talking about a whole different offensive unit that is going to be out there. And right now we got Josh Allen that's dealing with that UCL elbow injury right now. Of course, it's going to be a game time decision that we're told. We don't know what's going on internally, of course, because Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are so closed off. They don't Mm -hmm. let anything out. But the last time that Josh had this injury, he was out. I think he was about 22 years old. He was out for four games. The Bills were not good at all. So leaving him out was was an easy decision. Now you're looking at a different situation, right? You can't really afford – you can afford – 
I'll say this. Can you afford to leave him out at this point, right? Because you're messing with your divisional standings. Mm-hmm. You're messing with the, you know, the, the possible first round bye when you come in, when you go into the playoffs, when you got to go against the Chiefs. We all know that that's going to come back around at some point. And then you look at it like, you know, can you afford to take another loss right now? Or, or do you believe that much in Case Keenum to get it done? How is everybody going to mesh with Case Keenum? Yes, you have those those chances at practice, but practice and throwing a couple balls is completely different as we know once you get out in the field. So that's going to be the number one thing is, is Josh going to play? Of course, we know that Josh is anyone that has covered the bills or is part of that bills mafia knows how much uh, competitiveness that Josh Allen has. He wants to be out on the field. He doesn't want to be watching from the sidelines. And especially with such a boys, big Super Bowl season that everyone is pegging them once again for like the third year in a row for them mm-hmm. to go to the Super Bowl. He definitely doesn't want to be on the sideline, but I think everyone obviously is going to support whatever decision the doctors say. Absolutely. And that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the Vikings have like a four and a half game lead in the North. Like the bills don't have that luxury. Like they can't sit on their hands and be like, we'll give him a month to heal. What sounds crazy at this exactly. point. Right? It's wild. So like yeah. you look at that, like, but before we, we talk about like, this weekend, like with, with Josh, like how did he take this step? Like, cause I, we, we, as people who cover the Vikings and obviously Vikings fans who listen to this podcast, like I think Josh Allen exists in this like two plane like world where it was like, he wasn't good. And then he was all of a sudden. So like, how did he take this jump? Cause you, you covered him for a while there. Like what, what happened? Yeah. It's interesting because I came right when Josh had already made that leap. Okay. I was- when Josh was, you know, kind of not bare minimum, but still trying to figure out his way. But one thing about Josh, like I said, he's very competitive. You know, they put so much into this guy and he works all off season. That's what he says. I mean, that's all we can, we can see, right? If he posts that, if he's saying that, he's saying that he worked with different types of coaches, eye coordination, you know, working with different type of uh, quarterbacks and coaches and things like that, as I said. And that's, I feel like how he's been able to get better, right? And they didn't have all of those pieces for him to really look as good as he is, right? But when you throw Stefan Diggs in the mix, you have someone like Dawson Knox that's, you know, getting better as he is and things like that. And Gabe Davis, who just shot up out of nowhere, you make a guy that maybe just a couple years ago was average, look like a phenomenal quarterback. And one thing that I think that Josh has on his side, besides like, you know, the deep ball and things like that is, I mean, he's a great runner, but again, I feel like he also, you know, kind of managed and, and marked his game a little bit off of Cam Newton, her, who people forget that this was a huge quarterback who loved to run. Yep. That is exactly what Josh has done. And if you look at it and you see these rushing touchdowns and all that stuff, it's always Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Josh Allen. They're always going back and forth. So, um, I mean, I think it's amazing to see that because he's been in the MVP conversation the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Obviously, he's pretty tough in it now with Jalen and him and um, Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think when you have the right pieces around you and you have that hardworking mentality, which I think Josh does have, uh, that's where you see he is today. And, again, they gave him the keys to the car. Like, yeah. They didn't give it to anybody else, right? They're like, you're going to take us to the promised land. And Josh is beloved everywhere. And, I mean, everyone loves a Josh Allen hurdle. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I th- the first time I seen him hit the hurdle was against the Vikings in Minnesota. Like, <laughs> the Vikings, I think, were favored by 17 and a half in that game. Yeah. And Josh Allen hit the hurdle on Anthony Barr. And they <laughs> the game wasn't the same after that. I don't even know if Josh Allen was the same after that. Yeah. That was like a launching pad. 
we asked them, you know, before, do you think about these things before you do it? And he's like, no. And I'm like, you can't be thinking about these things as a quarterback. It, right. It's impossible for you to just try and leap over these big dudes and, and you don't even know what's going to happen, where you're going to land and whatnot. But again, I think that's where you talk about that competitiveness and he, he doesn't play soft. He plays, he plays hard. And he also knows he's got a big old line to protect him just in yeah. case he's getting a fight. Yeah. We, we've, uh, it's been cool to watch him from afar because like I've always said, like, He's like a if you were to go on Madden and create a a quarterback, like it would look like that. Like it would look like a six five, like Jack dude with a ninety-nine arm strength and developing accuracy. So it's been cool to see him take that jump. The a name it's, you mentioned. When you see him outside in regular clothes, the guy doesn't look like a quarterback, right? He's yeah, right. Or whatever. Like he just looks like a normal white guy. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so not saying like Kirk Cousins or somebody else doesn't look like that, but he really just he, I wouldn't see Josh on the street and be like, man, that is a that is that is a possible Super Bowl MVP or you know league MVP. I, I just I wouldn't say it. <laughs> but then a name you mentioned that kind of helped him take that next jump is Stefan Diggs. And Vikings fans are very familiar with Stefan Diggs. Obviously, him and Case Keenum, who we might see this weekend, orchestrated the Minneapolis miracle a few years ago. Uh, that's a play that that nobody will forget for the rest of their, their lives. But yeah. what what has Stefan Diggs meant to this team? Um, because we know what he meant to the Vikings. Um, how, how has he helped unlock another level in this offense? Yeah. I think, you know, Stefan Diggs is not an easy guy to talk to, right? He doesn't, he doesn't t- do a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. And the whole time that I was there, Stefan didn't do any interviews um, besides the ones that are forced with the team, right? right? But he didn't talk to anybody except actually for me. So I did a one-on-one with him. It was like two hours. It was, I mean, you really learn so much about him. And one thing that Steph really harped on when me and him talked was just about how the atmosphere for him was so much different in Buffalo than it was in Minnesota. And again, before Steph came to Buffalo, we heard the what? Like he wasn't a good teammate. He wasn't mm-hmm. fun to be around. He was a jerk. He was a he was all these things, right? But when he got to Buffalo, that wasn't anything that we saw. Again, I don't know exactly internally what what happened inside of that organization compared to here but when you see him at practice he's happy he's smiling he's having a good time you could tell that he just loves playing ball right that's what he's there for and I think the reason why I start with that is because that when you're happy that translates to the field if you're not happy you're gonna I think your performance is gonna show again he was still good in Minnesota but again there was so much turmoil that was going on between so many different people here that's not the case he's joking with everybody the media know gms workers whatever it doesn't matter who it is they're just having a good time acting like they're little kids so i think for him he's been able to unlock that next step because he's happy right and then you see him getting a a thousand yards easy thousand yards again easy on his way to another thousand yards right his whole thing is like he cares about the team but he's going to do what he needs to to make sure that he he you know he gets those those monumental yards and and things like that and for case keenum if it's going to be case again this weekend because he already said he's over the minnesota thing right we've already got past that okay whatever i've been here for a couple years i've already signed another new deal it is what it is right but for Case and him, I think that's where he says, like, he sees the similarities between Case and, and Josh when it comes to, like, the body type running and similar play. Obviously, they're not the same thing. But, you know, this week is where they really had to, you know, throw Case into a lot of the ones, right? Because you got to get him ready if Josh is is not going to be out there or if you're going to try and split those reps between mm-hmm. those two. Um, so he's talked very positively about, you know, obviously working with Case and, and what they're going to be able to do um, this weekend. Yeah, what what always got me about Steph and like 
I loved covering him. He was he was hilarious. Right. Um, he was someone who he always kept the job fun. Like it was sometimes the job was hard because because yeah. he made it hard, but it was always fun. But I I look at him as someone like I get it. I understand the frustration because Mike Zimmer, when he was the coach of the Vikings, he wanted to run the ball 30 times a game because he wanted to keep his defense fresh. He wanted to possess the ball as many times as possible, which inherently that means bleeding the clock, which means keeping the ball on the ground. And Stephon Diggs knew, like, just give me the ball and I can make a difference. And we're seeing that in Buffalo. Force feed him the ball. If he's not open, he still is open. Like, just throw him the ball. And I think that's something – the Vikings did at times, but they didn't do enough of. Um, so I'm happy to see that dude flourishing over, over there. Um, and you I can't Mike Zimmer, right? You look at they they wanted to put the ball on the ground a lot. That's the complete opposite of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, they haven't been very good on the ground at all. Everyone thought, hey, we're going to draft a running back. We're going to draft a running back. Draft a, draft a running back pretty early. And that wasn't necessarily the case until they, you know, kind of got a little bit of a running back last year in the second round when you look at James Cook, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was all about the receivers there, all of them. You didn't have to even worry about splitting too much time with them. You're going to run the ball a little bit, but Josh is going to throw that thing for the most part. And if if someone's running, nine times out of ten is Josh. For sure. Yeah, the the trade ended up working out pretty well because the Vikings got Jets out of it too. So it's one of those very few trades that I can really recall where it was like, no, that was even. Like a lot of times you see it, it's like that that team won or that was not even money on the dollar. Um, this was everyone, both sides are happy. Yeah. Um, Diggs is happy. Mm-hmm. Jets is happy here. Uh, what about this defense on the Buffalo side? Because like, I know they get after it. I know they make other teams uncomfortable. Um, and that's something the Vikings have struggled with at times. Like their offense has stalled out. Um, I think this is probably going to be one of the best defenses they've faced to this point. Um, what do we need to know about that side of the ball and, and what Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are all dealing with. Yeah, I mean, you just named everyone that I was pretty much going to say. You're going up against the number one scoring defense um, in the NFL right now. You're going against someone named Vaughn Miller who, I mean, we don't who needs an introduction, right? He's going to be hassling and, and going at Kirk Cousins all game long, you know, as mm-hmm. the time that he's in there, you know, they try and rest him a little bit. But uh, with the injury report, you know, you did have linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, and I want to say Jordan Poyer as well as uh, D.E. Um, Greg Russo, who were all kind of limited during practice this week. Mm-hmm. I know Greg Russo was dealing with an ankle injury, um, but none of them are reported out. Of course, no one's reported out until last minute, but I think they're going to make sure that a lot of these guys are in there, and that's a huge boost for them, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they're also looking, is Trey White going to make his return? But Trey hasn't played in a year from right. that injury, right? So if he does, you're not going to just throw him out there. He's playing every snap. He's backing it. It's, it's just not going to happen. And I've been hearing that it's not. that's not even sure that Trey is going to make – you know, his return. But again, you've had great guys step up like Dane Jackson, who's been doing that the last couple of seasons. Christian Benford is one of those guys as well. Um, they will continue to roll, you know, DeMar Hamlin. Guys are really making plays out there. This is a tough defense to go against. And they've shown that because even when that secondary was hurt mm-hmm. and people were dropping like flies, they still flourish. They still got the job done. So the one thing about them is what what's tough about this defense too is there's a lot of good depth. Now, are you going to see it? 
is the is the question. And that happens when those injuries happen. But, you know, this is a hard mashup, hard D defense. And it's going to be a really good test for the guys you mentioned, like Jefferson and, and Kirk Cousins and Thielen and things like that, because they're, they're not going to roll over. Right. But again, they did have their times where they slipped up. You look at the, the Jets last week. I want to say it was 174, 173, somewhere like that uh, yards on the ground. So, again, they do have their holes and they have they, they can be stopped at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be an easy feat for sure. For sure. Ashley, we'll leave you with this. Uh, one X factor for the, this weekend. Who is something that who is somebody that we're maybe not thinking about that, that could come out and and wreck the game? Or from a Vikings perspective, who's someone on the Bills that that we're not thinking about that could, could make a huge difference? You know, um, this is going to sound really weird the way I answer this question. Okay, so just let me be extra. Um, I, I think the one person is the, um, you know, the offensive coordinator. You got to look at Ken Dorsey, and the reason why I say that, and I don't say one player, is because mm-hmm. now you're at a point where you have to you have to use a lot of players, right? Sure. If Josh doesn't play, Josh is your leading guy on the ground right now, right? Yeah. If he can't go in there and pass normally. Um, for most of the game, you can't really have him in there, right? Because he's not going to be able to run. You don't want him to run because then they're going to go straight at him, right? So now you got to look at those guys where you're looking at um, Devin Singletary, James Cook, um, you just, Reggie Gilliam, the fullback, and now you got Neheim Himes, who who just was acquired, right? Now you got to see what you're going to do with this versatile uh, running backs core because you know you got to be able to get legs on the ground because we don't know what exactly how this is going to look with case and things like that are we going to see pitches how what are we going to see you know this is a big test i think for ken dorsey if josh doesn't play and if josh does play i still think it's a very big test because we don't actually know the extent of where he's going to be so i would say that's that that's the x factor that's who you have to look for it's a big test for ken dorsey because you got to have everyone that steps up this this week is either going to show you that this team rallies against uh, around someone that was hurt the biggest player of their team and comes together and still finishes a great game um against a really good team or they fall apart and they fall like a like a bunch of dominoes and you say mm, we can get out this team right and then they're in a position if you go out and then the Chiefs win and now we're back down and then you're you know excuse me you're not looking good in the division and and, and all across so I think that I think that would be the x factor because this game is a very big game when you look at that and if you hold out Josh then you're going to be wondering well how long is he going to be out yeah I like it. I like the off the wall. Season was supposed to be the hardest for the Bills, right? Right. The part wasn't going to be skate. We know that, but technically, the first part was supposed to be their hardest part of the schedule. Now it seems like it's a little bit flipped. Absolutely. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Um, do you yeah. want to plug, plug, send some plugs right now, or like, yeah, where do people find you? You can you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ash Noel TV as well as Instagram. Um. I'm not even on Facebook, so I don't know why I would even say nobody on Facebook anymore. Nobody's <laughs> on Facebook anymore. But yeah, definitely can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Ashnowell TV, talking on a bunch of crap that I probably shouldn't be talking. So there's that. Awesome. There you have it. Thanks. When we so- come back, we'll talk more about you know the, the, the rest of this game weekend. But thanks for thanks to Ashley for joining us. Absolutely. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Just want to give one more shout out to our friend Ashley Holder. She's great. Give her a follow, Ash Noel TV. Um she knows her stuff, and she talked, you know, kind of at length about how big of a weekend this is, not just for the Vikings, but for the Bills. Like, are they going to rally around their quarterback? Uh, it does not sound like Josh Allen will be 100% this weekend. It doesn't necessarily sound 
like he's going to be ruled out. Like there's a chance he could play. Um, but I do not think he'll be at 100%. Ashley doesn't think he'll be at 100%. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of rally around that man. Um, if you like what you're hearing, give us a follow. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Um, Inside Purple and Gold. Give us a follow. We drop episodes three times a week right after the game and wraps up on Sundays. It's a fun team to follow right now, the Minnesota Vikings. So why not add another podcast to your rotation? Um, and kind of join us on this ride. Uh, we'll, we'll get into Purple Prop Party right now. Um, it's something we do every week, kind of break down the game, game line, and uh, just kind of give you one player prop. I'm going to give you two today that you need to either hit the over on or the under on. Um, just hammer it because we're generally right about this, LOL. Um, the line this weekend, the Vikings – our underdogs heading to Buffalo, Buffalo minus three and a half. So basically Buffalo is getting the home line there, right? In the NFL, it's anywhere two, three, the home team gets a couple, a few points. So this is not a massive favorite for the Viking or for the, for the bills. The Vikings aren't massive dogs in this, nor should they be They're seven and one. And Josh Allen is not going to be a hundred percent. Um, kickoff noon central 1 p.m eastern 1 p.m local i guess because the game will be contested in buffalo here's where i stand on this i pick the vikings pretty much every week um largely because the schedule has been so crappy like i haven't there, there's been nothing week to week for me to justify fading the vikings I'm going to fade the Vikings this week. I think the Bills cover three and a half is not a lot in the modern day NFL against, uh, you know, with the Bills team that plays this pinball style of football. If the Bills can get rolling, I think they well surpass, they well cover. Um, obviously, it will be hinged on largely if Josh Allen plays, but I feel comfortable. Bills covering the three and a half spread, even if Case Keenum plays. And I say this because I do not think the Vikings defense bend don't break mentality is going to work this week against the Bills. So I think the Vikings are going to give up points. I think they're going to, they always give up yards. They've gotten a lot better, honestly, over the past month or so. The pass rush of, of Zadarius Smith and, and Daniil Hunter generating from the edges or wherever they're rushing from has kind of, like we talked about in, in preseason and training camp, helped cover up a lot of the warts on this team. You've got ball-hawking players in the second secondary, like Harrison Smith, I think it's three straight weeks with an interception. Patrick Peterson kind of revitalizing his career like he promised he would. But they still give up a lot of yards, and I think you're just going to give up a lot of points to this team. The Bills are a great offense. I I, I just don't know who on the Vikings is going to be able to hang with Stefan Diggs over the course of a full game. And whether it's Josh Allen throwing him the ball or Case Keenum throwing him the ball, I think Stefan Diggs is going to get his. I think the Bills are going to get theirs. And I just find it hard to believe that the Vikings are going to be able to keep up. I don't necessarily think the Vikings are going to get destroyed, blown out. I think they're going to hold their own for the most part. Uh, but I think the Bills cover the spread. 
I mentioned Diggs, his over-under this week, 87 and a half receiving yards. That is when we're talking purple prop party. I think you hammer the over here. We never take unders. Um, unders are boring. Um, but I wouldn't take an under here. Stefan Diggs, 87 and a half receiving yards. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I think he might be the best receiver in the game. I don't think anyone can hang with him on the Vikings this week. I think 87 and a half feels safe. To that same accord, Justin Jefferson is 90 and a half receiving yards. I'm never going to bet against Justin Jefferson to not go over 100. I, I said that early on um, after that, that he exploded onto the scene in, in that week one game against the Green Bay Packers. Joked that 2000 was in within reach. Um, he's still got a little work to do because of the week two and week three matchups against the Eagles. You know, he couldn't get anything going against Darius Slay. And the week three, weird, weird, weird with couldn't get anything going against Jeff Okuda. But since then, he's been great. You know, 147 against the Saints, 154 against the Bears, 107 against the Dolphins, 98 against the Arizona Cardinals, just missing out on 100. And 115 last week against the Commanders. He's going to go over 90 and a half. He's going to go over 99 and a half. He's going to hit 100 yards again. He already has one, two, three, four, five games with 100 yards receiving. He's going to make it six this weekend. But like I said, I just don't see the Vikings being able to hang with the Bills offensively. That's not, that's not a knock on the Vikings. I think this game will tell a lot about this team, where they stand, what expectations should be. Um, I think if you lose to the Bills, but you're you're gritty and you keep it close and, and maybe you don't cover that three and a half point spread, but you you keep it close enough, I think you can leave this weekend feeling pretty good about yourself. Just don't get blown out. Um, I don't think that that is going to happen. I don't think a blowout is in our future because, like I said, Josh Allen is not going to be at 100%. Um, I think the Vikings catch a break there, but it will be interesting to see this game kind of play out to kind of judge where the Vikings kind of stand in this whole, this whole thing um, of the, of the NFL. So we will talk more about this game on Sunday. We'll be down here right afterwards to break everything down. Um, certainly can't wait to get this thing rolling um, to see this game because there's a lot of questions that will become answers this weekend. And I, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. So, like I said, we'll be back. We're recording on Thursday. We'll be back Sunday afternoon to kind of break it all down. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more of that. Um, until then, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. And uh, we'll see you Sunday. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 